Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. How have you all been? It's been a week since our part one episode of Fritz Harman, the Vampire of Hanover. I hope you guys enjoyed it and I'm hoping you've come back for part two because now it's going to start getting a bit weirder. I suppose the only way I can explain it. So, how are you this week, James? You good? Yeah, I'm all good. Chilling. Good. No it's been 10 minutes Hopefully. for us. <laughs> yeah. It's been 10 minutes. Um, so, next week you're going to have a completely different episode and we'll have recorded it next week. We'll actually, we're actually going to be start recording in chronological order, as in like we'll be recording week to week now. So we'll actually be able to have you know little weekly updates, how we're getting on. Not that there'll be much to talk yeah. about because we're all stuck indoors in isolation nation, but it's the first time we've ever done it like that. So... It's exciting for me, personally. So anyway, why don't we just get cracking? Let's get straight into part two of Fritz Harman, the Vampire of Hanover, because that is all we're here for, really, isn't it? We're not here to listen to me and James just waffle on. You're here to listen as to find out what happened to Fritz Harman. You're intrigued. You're interested. Hopefully, you haven't spot it by looking on Google and finding out what's happened, because I am about to tell you what's going on. So, remember, everyone, at the end of last week's episode... It's March 1920. Fritz Harman is finally about to serve his nine-month prison sentence for abusing a 13-year-old boy. All right, Remember, Fritz Harman is in his 40s at this point. It is now December of that year, and Fritz is now being released. He and Hans, they got back together after a short stint away from each other, and they got back together pretty quickly. They even took a room in a middle-class family where they stayed for a while until Harman found an empty apartment in a busy district near the Line River in 
Neustrasse in 1921. Now, let's get on to some murders, right? That's what we're all here for. First of all, I will say that I don't have specific information on each individual murder. Sorry if it is out there, but I haven't found it. Feel free to send us the info if you have found it or if you know. Uh, what I am going to give you is a brief rundown of the known or alleged victims and his usual methods. Okay, so now that's out of the way, let's crack on with some of these murders, all right? Things were pretty quiet for uh, a couple of years with Harmon until in 1923 where he meets at Hanover Central train station a 17-year-old boy named Fritz Frank. So the age is going up a bit. He's got two convictions for a 13-year-old. He's now found a cheeky little 17-year-old. Oh, uh, of course, that's not including Hans Granz, who is 18 and living with him, who's now in his 20s. Hans Granz. Harman. Hans Granz. Harman, now around 43 years of age, gets chatting to the young boy. He convinces Frank to come back to his apartment. We don't know what he offers the boy, but it is thought that the knowledge of Hans being around, some boy of a similar-ish age, would be there with a couple of girls, and that would be enough to entice the young lad to come with him. And so it would be. They arrived at the apartment where Hans would show up with a couple of girls, one of which was his then-lover, who he had supposedly told of the boy quotes he is going to be trampled on today Fucking now it is not yeah it is not known if Hans knew the true extent of Harmon's plans however Harmon claims that later that night Hans returned to the apartment unannounced to discover Frank's body naked laying face down on Harmon's bed right yeah he supposedly looked in and said quotes when should I come back again we don't know what the reply was, but the next day when Hans returned, Frank was gone. He had travelled on to Hamburg. So, the, what happened to Frank, right? What happened? Well, likely the same thing that happened to the other victims who encountered Harmon. Well, one thing I will point out as well, he just happened to go to Hamburg. <laughs> what other serial killer do we know of who's like, oh, they've just gone to Europe? <laughs> We have fucking um, oh Christ, what's his name now? I've forgotten it. H. H. Holmes. Oh, all yeah. of his, his, all of it, all of his victims just went to Europe to get married. Yeah, and everyone just was like, okay. Yep. So Harmon's usual methods involved hanging around the train station and picking up young boys, all of them under twenty, except for one. He would then lure them back to his apartment with the promise of a hot meal, maybe a drink and a bed to stay in for the night. Sometimes the knowledge that a young lad not too dissimilar in age would be around the apartment must have put the boys at ease. But when in the apartment, sex was usually on the cards. Not always consensual, as Harmon did admit later on that he had raped some of the boys. But either during the raping or afterwards, Harmon would begin to strangle the boys, and almost always bit into their Adam's apple, claiming it was an irresistible urge. This is where the vampire comes from. This is where we get the vampire from. Every, Almost every single victim of his that he could say, he always bit into their Adam's apple. He just had this, say, irresistible urge to just do that. 
and uh, that's pretty much how he'd kill them, I suppose. That he'd just rip into their necks. That's fucking horrible. Oh, God, yeah. And messy as well. Yeah. Five weeks later, five weeks later, Harmon would go on to murder 17-year-old Wilhelm Schultz, who was intercepted by Harmon on his way to work. Schultz's body was never found, but items of his clothing was found with Harmon's landlady given to her by Harmon for her young son. At least two more victims are thought to have been lured to their deaths at Harmon's Neustrasse apartments before he moved out. 16-year-old Roland Hook, a runaway who dis- disappeared on May 23rd, 1923, and 19-year-old Hans Sonnenfeld, who disappeared May the 31st, 1923. So, Within like a week of each other, these boys disappeared and they're both connected to Harmon. Yeah, well, what happened there then? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> he used to wear uh, a distinctive yellow coat. Uh, this was Hans Sonnenfeld. He disappeared May 31st, right? He used to wear a distinctive yellow overcoat. Uh, but obviously he went missing and Harmon was known to wear a rather distinctive yellow jacket time sometime after May in 1923. So it's like, mm. he's known to have possessions of other people from burglary, so he's a bit of a hoarder. He te- tends to keep trophies. Um, so it's very likely this coat belongs to the young boy, which is connecting him to the, his disappearance. Now, in June of 1923, so again, not long after this, Harmon moved on to another apartment. Maybe he was like, there's too much heat in this apartment. I've done a couple of dodgy things here. I need to move on. He found an attic conversion at 2 Rota Rai, or Riha, or something like that. I can't remember how to pronounce it. Uh, Rota Riha. It is here that Harmon would stay until he was captured. But before then, many more boys would find this place to be the last room they would see. Four murders now. That's a lot, right? Yeah. But nowhere near the final body count. Now, not to glamorise it at all, but this guy makes Jack the Ripper look like a complete chump. (laughs) When I wrote that, I was like, I'm really not sure if I should say that, but it's so true. Jack Jack the Ripper didn't really do much, to be fair. Technically, I mean... Did we figure out in a previous episode, more than three is classed as a serial killer, isn't it? Uh, I think so, yeah. 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 Jack the Ripper famously killed five, although I'm saying it was four, because I don't claim Elizabeth Stride as being one of his victims. So I'm saying yeah. four. This guy's already committed four, and he's still way on his way to going up. So I'm just putting it out of there. <laughs> Here's a list of the rest of Harmon's victims, okay? Ernst Erdenberg. 13 years old, June the 25th, 1923, disappeared whilst running an errand for his parents. Now, I, I'm sorry, like, if I've... I, I'm not trying to, like, brush over these victims, but there are so many victims, I cannot go into every single one of them. So they are just a list of victims, okay? But this list will go on for a bit, okay? So we've got Ernst Erdenberg. He's the first one here on this list. So we've already got four, so he's now five. Heinrich Strauss is 18. August the 24th, 1923, he goes missing. Harmon was in possession of Strauss's violin case when he was arrested. Paul Bronischewski, he's 17 years old. 
September 24, 1923, vanished on his way to visit his uncle, Richard Graff, 17. September 1923, disappeared after after telling his friends a detective from Hanover had found him a job. Wilhelm Erdner, he's 16 years old, October 12th, 1923, disappeared from Hanover Station. Harman sold Erdner's bike. Hermann Wolf, 16 years old, October 24th, 1923, his clothes were traced to Harman. Heinz Brinkmann, 13 years old, October 27th, 1923, vanished from Hanover Station after missing his train home to Klausthal. Adolf Hanapel, he's 15 years old, November 11th, 1923, an apprentice. Witnesses saw Harman approach Hanapel. Adolf Hennies, he's 19 years old, December 6th, 1923, Hennies disappeared whilst looking for work in Hanover. Ernst Spiker, 17 years old, January 5th, 1924, disappeared on his way to appear as a witness at a trial. Heinrich Koch, 18 years old, January 15th, 1924, Koch was known to be an acquaintance of Harman. Willi Senger, 19 years old, February 2nd, 1924, the victim's clothes were found in Harman's apartment after his arrest. This is quite a long list already, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... You rattled off some names there, and they're all relatively young, young people. And I have a few more. That I'm a, unfortunately, I'm going to r- rattle off a few more. Um, Herman Spikart, 8th of February, 1924, an electrical apprentice. He was 15 years old. Alfred Hogreff, he was 16 years old, an apprentice mechanic. Uh, all of his clothes were traced back to Harman. Herman Bock, he was 22 he was the only one who was in, uh, over the age of 20. Uh, he was last seen by his friends walking to Harman's apartment in 1924, April. Uh, Wilhelm Appel, 15 years old. Robert Weitzel, 18 years old. Harman admitted dumping Weitzel's remains in the river line when he was captured. Heinz Martin, he was 14 years old. He was an apprentice locksmith. Martin disappeared from Hanover Station. Fritz Wittig, he was 17. Uh, Harman insisted... Grands ordered him to commit both this murder and the murder of Hanapel, although there's not much evidence for that. Friedrich Abeling, he was 11 years old. He's the oh, youngest victim. Hell. He was he he was uh, he went disappeared uh, May 26, 1924. His body was uh, found in the river line. The youngest victim of Harmon's 11 years old is not even that's not on man I mean none of them are on but fucking Jesus exactly Heinrich Koch 16th of June the 5th uh, of of uh, 16 years old June 5th 1924 vanished on his way to college Koch was last seen in the company of Harmon and Eric de Vries he was 17 years old June the 14th 1924 Harmon led police to Eric's remains after his arrest in total, that is 26 murders. That's a lot of murders. Now, my comment about him making Jack the Ripper look like a chump, I think, is allowed. Yeah. 26 murders that we know of and can connect him to. And they're all horrific. They're all horrific. They're all relatively end in the same way. They're all young boys uh, who are captured at the train station, who are lured with promises of food, a bed, 
uh, some warmth, somewhere to stay for the night, uh, who are then abused by this fucking 40-plus-year-old man into sex. They're, they're raped, and then they are murdered. So that, tw- wow. Yeah, that's 26 murders. But there's one we have not managed to... O- there's one we have managed to overlook, okay? So do you remember Friedel Roth, the young man we mentioned nearer the beginning in part one who disappeared? The police even went to Harmon's yes, apartment yes, 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 and looked yes, yes, around. Yes. Right. I yeah, mentioned. I remember. I mentioned if only they had looked closer, they would have found a big clue that would be behind his stove. And that clue behind his stove was the head of Friedel Roth, the young boy. What the fuck? The, the head was behind his stove in he his apartment. He decapitated him. Yes, the police had managed to raid his house and they didn't find the fucking head. Although, I will give them this, they were a bit preoccupied with storming on, storming in on a 40-year-old man abusing a 13-year-old boy. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. So they're a bit preoccupied. But supposedly they searched. They were there to go search the building and then they found him abusing a 13-year-old boy. Maybe they just didn't bother doing the search. But if only they'd looked behind the stove, they'd have found that boy's head and then he would have been connected with that murder. He would have been fucking killed there and then saved 26 murders. Bloody hell. So that puts us at a total body count of that we know... 27 murders. 27 bodies that need to go somewhere. And Harmon lives in a one-bed apartment. Oh, God. How is it done? Well... He's uh, he's chopping them up or something. He's doing something not nice. Here is your step-by-step guide, TED Talk on disposing of a body by Fritz Harmon. (laughs) Did you go to Scottish then for a second? I did. I went Gillian McKeith with like, we're going to examine your poo now. Here's a TED Talk <laughs> on disposing of a body. Step one, pour yourself a really strong black coffee. That's true. That's literally what he said. Before every time he decapitated or dismembered a body, which we'll get into, poured himself the strongest coffee he could make. Not alcohol, coffee. Right. Uh, we... I, there's there's some murderers that I know of, uh, like learnt stories or whatever. They have to get themselves almost blackout drunk to do what they're about to do. He's just like, I need strong coffee. Step two: place the body of the victim on the floor for more room to manoeuvre. Make sure to cover the face with a cloth as to avoid the guilt of what you've just done. Step three: open the torso and begin to remove the intestines into a bucket. Be sure to have towels ready to pack inside the torso to soak up the blood. Step four. Make three cuts between the victim's ribs and shoulders. Then take hold of the ribs and push until the bones around the shoulders break. Step five. Remove the victim's kidneys, lungs and heart. Dice them up and place them in the same bucket as the intestines. Step six. Remove the limbs from the torso and dispose of the flesh in the toilet. If it does not fit down the toilet, take it to the river to dispose of. The toilets. Stop putting shit in toilets. Like, Yeah, it won't flush. Toilets are very limited of what they can take. Does not flush. Step seven. Yeah, toilets very limited to what toilets can do now. The plumbing back then was shitter. 
Yeah, literally. Anyway. I'll, I'll plumb it, yeah. Step seven. With the cloth still... With the cloth still on, sever the head from the body. You obviously, you, you don't want to see the face. You don't want to see what you're doing. Sever the head yeah. from the body. Then, strip flesh from the head to remove the possibility of identification. Then, smash the skull with an axe and remove the brain from the head and dispose of this with the rest of the body in a river. This process should take around two days, Harmon said, that the process had made him extremely unpleasant and that after his first murder, he was ill for eight days. But his lust for killing was, quotes, stronger than the horror of the cutting and the chopping. And so it was a necessary evil. And that is how you dispose of a body when you live in a one-bedroom apartment in the middle of a city. I've been taking several notes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've murdered several people having learnt this knowledge, and no one knows. That is a joke. If there are any crimes (laughs) happening around Basildon or so in the moment, don't connect me with this. (laughs) We are recording on April 1st, so... Oh, Christ, yeah, but it's after 12, so it always backfires, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Anyway. True. So there's quite a few bodies scattered around Hanover and people are going to start finding things. And in May of 1924, two boys found a skull near the river line, which was said to be of a person aged between 18 and 20. Two weeks later, another skull was found located not too far from the first, also aged around 18 or 20. Not long after that, a couple of boys playing discovered a sack full of bones. Over the coming months, more and more body parts were being discovered, all within the range of between 10 and 20 years of age. This corroborated with missing persons reports. Locals of Hanover began to worry for their children and started to comb the area, in particular the river, where they found 500 human bones belonging to at least 22 humans. Harmon was a man of interest with his previous convictions for child molestation. Two officers were staking out Harmon when they found him at the central train station, his usual hunting grounds, where he was arguing with a 15-year-old boy named Carl Fromm. What they were arguing about, I don't know, but weirdly, Harmon actually approached the officers and asked them to arrest the young man for trying to travel on forged documents. Maybe because he was still a police informant at this time, they would take his word for it at least. I'm going to assume that what happened was the boy, um, he was trying to get the boy to like go with him, do something with him. The boy was having none of it and he was then threatening to like say something. So he was like, well, I'll get one better on you. I'm a police informant. They trust me. I will get you arrested. And he tried to do that. But what happened was when they spoke to the 15-year-old boy from... He told them that he had been living with Harmon for four days at that point and that while there, he was being repeatedly raped, sometimes with a knife at his throat. Immediately, they arrested Harmon and charged him. So he's finally been arrested. Police think... Yeah, good. Yeah, (laughs) good. Well, yeah, good. Well done, police. (laughs) Get another guy off the streets. Police then got to search his apartment and what they found staggered them. The apartment completely bloodstained. The floor, the walls, the bedding, 
When neighbours of Harmon were questioned, they all stated that he was always seen with young boys in his apartment and was always seen leaving with bags and sacks in the early hours of the morning in the dead of night. One even claimed they followed him one night in 1924 and watched him dispose of something into the river. Didn't fucking follow up on it though. It was like, oh, I just, I, I saw him do that. At that point, I, I feel like you should just keep your mouth shut. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, I saw him do that in 1924. We're a bit fucking late now, isn't it? Yeah, people always pipe up after the event though, don't they? Always. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Among the blood-stained room, it was filled with belongings, all linked to the missing boys. And I'm talking coats, boots, keys. All of these items were taken to be identified by the families of the missing boys. And more and more items were claimed by the families as belongings to their missing children. These are all trophies for Harmon to have mm. after he's yeah. killed them. He can look at these pair of boots that he's wearing now, knowing that oh, that, that reminds him of that moment, reminds him of that sexual time he fucking bit into that boy's neck and ripped it open and killed him, you know? Mm. Now, Jesus Christ. It's fucking, it's mental, isn't it? Faced with overwhelming evidence, Harmon broke and confessed to raping, killing and dismembering the young men, claiming it was, quote, rabid sexual passion, which is not a fucking excuse. No. Like, tie them up or something. Don't fucking rip their throat out. Literally, have a safe word. Shout out pineapples. Come on. Yeah. Now, Harmon has confessed to 27 murders where there is evidence to support it, but... When asked how many he has killed, he said between, quotes, 50 and 70. Bloody hell, he just put himself right in it. Put himself right in it, but they've got nothing on him, so he can literally make up the number as he wants. Now, we've seen this with previous um, serial killers, and we will see it in future ones. Once they're caught, it's like making numbers up. Like, it, it helps their profile out. If they know they're dead to rights, then fuck it, let's go all out on it. You know, you think I'm the monster, I'll make myself a monster. I've killed 50 and 70 people, whatever. And they can't prove it. That was the thing. That's the only reason he said between 50 and 70. They can prove or link him to 27. He's just making up 50 and 70. I don't think it is that many. Yeah. But, well, um, it depends if he, if he fucking kept count. No, exactly. Exactly that. Which he probably has. But the police could only connect him with the 27. He claimed that Hans has 
uh, instigated some of them, but that Hans never actually did any of it. He was never involved with any of the murder. Hans was arrested too as an accessory to murder, but you know, yeah, for uh, sure he was about. He knew what was going on. Well, that's what I mean. Harman says so. Uh, Harman says he was available. Uh, he was there. He ordered some of them, but he never actually took part in the murders. So Harman was, again, psychologically assessed, although he has been assessed twice now and nothing's happened of it. He was psychologically assessed and was deemed fit to stand trial. He was not deemed to be insane, which obviously would, I suppose, is the get-out-of-jail-free card. You just get put in an asylum. He will probably end up escaping. No, he was deemed fit to stand trial. And the trial would begin in December of 1924, where Harmon insisted on representing himself. He claimed he did not know of 13 of the victims which I think, what? Is that, I don't know. Like, why some of them? <laughs> I don't get why just specifically 13 of them. He's like, I don't know. I didn't know. Were you connected he, to yeah, them? He, he probably he might have just forgot about them. Like, he did so many. They'll just kind of blend into one. Maybe. Uh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. Grans also pleaded not guilty, okay? When asked why he killed the boys, uh, Harmon said... It was a mystery to him. Harmon was known to sell the victim's possessions on the black market and kept others as trophies. He would also gift some to his landlady and to Hans Granz now and then. There was rumour... I still love that name. Hans Granz, great name. There was rumour that the flesh was also being sold on the black market as meat, but this was denied by Harmon and verified by an expert, so that is just a rumour, and if you do hear that that's the case, it's probably not true. Definitely check your source, maybe. Um, This trial would last for two weeks, which does seem quite short, and on December the 19th, 1924, Fritz Harmon was found guilty of 24 of the 27 murders, and sentenced to death by beheading at the guillotine. Bloody hell. Yeah, we've seen Germans use the guillotine twice. We saw it with um, uh, Sophie Scholl and her brother and their uh, com- uh, their compatriots during the Second World War. And uh, in 1924, they used the guillotine for Fritz Harman. Yeah, the guillotine. When did the guillotine go out? It was... When was All last- I know... All I know is that the last execution by guillotine was done in France, mm. and when it was done, Star Wars was out, the original. Oh, really? Yeah, which I think is like 1974. Yeah, it's a lot later than I thought, to be fair. Yeah, relatively recently. Like, my mum was alive then. My mum was alive then, and people were still being beheaded by guillotine. And if I'm right, it was a public execution as well. Oh, fuck. I think it was. I'll have to double-check that later on, but I'm definitely certain it was a, it was a public execution because everyone was like, oh, my God, that's fucking awful, and then they stopped doing it after then. <laughs> I want to know at what point people stopped going to public executions. Uh, I don't know. It also like brings up the question, if they happen nowadays, would people go? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people love the film The Purge. Yeah, literally. Like, if, if The Purge happened, people would 100% purge. Purge, purge. Maybe. Uh, Anyway, so he was sentenced to beheading by guillotine. Hans Granz was also found guilty, and he too was sentenced to death by beheading. Harmon was allowed to address the court after sentencing, where he said, "Quotes: 
Condemn me to death. I ask only for justice. I am not mad. Make it short. Make it soon. Deliver me from this life, which is a torment. I will not petition for mercy, nor will I appeal. I want to pass just one more merry night in my cell with coffee, cheese and cigars, after which I will curse my father and go to my execution as if it were a wedding. Big words. Very big words. Like, you're definitely going to be pissing your pants when you're fucking sat at the guillotine, no? Oh, for sure. You... Every, everyone does. Yeah. no, Everyone's afraid of death, whether they say they are or not. Yeah. I mean, young people go, oh, I'm not scared of death. Well, yeah, because you're very unlikely to see it at the moment. Yeah. Like, I, I, when I get, you're older. Maybe there's a point where, like, say you live to, like, 105 or whatever, where you just sit there and go, you know what? I can't be asked anymore. Yeah, I mean, have you seen that video of the old lady? She's like 102 or something. She blows out a birthday cake and they all say, happy birthday to you. And she goes, I hope this is my last. Yeah, it's like, please kill me. <laughs> You'd get bored. Oh, probably. I'm not sure. I mean... Especially as your body starts to like deteriorate and your health gets worse. Oh, yeah. If my body wasn't... If my body didn't deteriorate as I got older, I would more than be happy to live to 100. Hmm. But yeah, you'll become slow and ill and... Exactly, and that's the thing. So the longer I live, the more decrepit and shit I will get, and that, that I think, bothers me more. Yeah. Anyway, on, uh, uh, at six in the morning, April the 15th, 1925, Fritz Harman was to be executed by guillotine in Hanover Prison. Harman was supposedly pale and nervous, except for his big words back then, but when asked for any last words, he replied, quotes, I am guilty, gentlemen, but hard though it may be, I want to die a man. I repent, but I do not fear death. Hans Granz, the on and off lover of Harmon, who was also found guilty, got considerably lucky. While awaiting his execution, a letter from Harmon surfaced. It detailed how Hans had no idea about the killings and that Harmon's accusations against Hans were from his frustration as being seen as a meal ticket and wanted revenge. This letter granted Hans a retrial. He was found guilty again, but this time for aiding and abetting, and was sentenced to two concurrent 12-year sentences. He was eventually held in Sachsenhausen concentration camp in the 1930s. When the Second World War was over, he was eventually released, where he lived out in Hanover until he died in 1975. So that is a story of Fritz Harman, the vampire of Hanover. He's a fucking weird guy, man. Yeah, man. What crazy story, right? Like, it starts off kind of fair, not innocent, but like, until he starts touching people, like, you kind of feel sorry for him with his childhood and what have you. Yeah. But like you do with every other serial killer, and then they turn. Oh, always. Always. Like, something happens, and then that's it. They just snap. Fuck. Don't chew people's throats out, is the moral of this story. And don't touch kids. Do- We've established that one before, but we'll, <laughs> we'll hammer that point home. Do not chew out kids' throats, basically. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's consensual, you can have a little nibble, but don't go too far and rip it out like no, a dog. No, not if it's consensual, Ryan. Absolutely not. Don't fucking nibble kids' throats. No, I'm not talking about kids' throats. You just said kids' throats. 
Did I say kid? I did not say kids' throats. I'm pretty sure you said kids' throats. We'll listen to nope. this back. Right, you can listen to it back. If I did, I am gonna. Well, I won't be back next week. Um, <laughs> He'll be, next week will be a solo episode because Ryan's in jail. <laughs> I don't mean it. I mean, if someone is of the age of consent and gives you consent, you can have a nibble on their neck, but don't go as far as a dog and rip it out like yep. the Tiger King. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very, very relevant. Uh, is everyone watching Tiger King? Please go watch Tiger King if you haven't already. It's, it's fantastic really fucking documentary. Good. Very, very really interesting. Good. Send us what you think of it. Um, but yeah, uh, that was that was Fritz Harman, the the Vampire of Hanover, part two. Uh, I told you it would get fucking weird, and it did. Yeah, it did get weird. As a crazy story. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Um, it's bloody. It's 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 got everything in it. It's got it's got a bit of it's got police informants. It's got a bit of war. It's got a bit of prison. It's got a bit of murder. A bit of molestation. It's got everything you kind of want in a bit of a nasty episode. <laughs> oh dear, what a story! All right then, guys. Have you enjoyed that story, James? <laughs> Yeah, that was very interesting. I'm a, I'm a big fan of serial killers, and he he was fucked up. Definitely fucked up. Probably not. Uh, is, where on the uh, let's do let's keep a fucking scoreboard on our episodes we've done of fucked up people. Where would you think he ranks? Oh Christ! I'm gonna have to go through who we've done again. So have you have you got someone in mind who you think is like they've beat them? Yeah. Really? Yeah, Elizabeth Bowtery, I think was worse. Oh shit, man! You're absolutely right with the fucking virgins and virgin blood. Yeah, but I think he's a solid second. Uh, or I don't know. We have still got. Um, remember, we did an episode on. Um, oh, who did we do? Christ, this is really bad. Sorry, guys. Um, who was our Nazi officer? Oh my god! How could I forget about Mengler? Yeah, Mengler is. We've done an episode on Mengler. I think Mengler <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah, like, Mengler's worse. By far worse. But is Mengler worse than Bathory? Um, Mengler probably it, directly or indirectly, whatever, is accountable for more. Yeah, yeah, fuck it, he's worse. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, so, I, I completely forgot about Mengler. Never forget about Mengler. Never forget Mengler. <laughs> yeah, um, Mengler's top, then uh, Bathory. Yeah, um, and then and then uh, uh, Harmon, Fritz Harmon. Yeah. Fred West will be about. Fred West is up there because he killed his own kids. Charles Manson wants to be up there, but he's not shit. Yeah. Uh, who else have we got? Shoko Asahara, he was a domestic terrorist. Yeah, but he didn't. He was kind of a shit one. Yeah, but I mean, he did he kill didn't, people. He didn't really get away he with did it. Get there. Heinrich Himmler was really bad, but like, he didn't like. He wasn't a serial killer. Uh, no, you're right. I suppose he's not directly. This is a really bad fucking. That's a that's a statement. He has not directly killed people, as in yeah, I mean with his own hands. He's indirectly murdered millions, but like not with his own fucking bare hands. Did he do yeah. any of it? He indirectly um, did it. Yeah. All right then. <laughs> We've got a fucking a top tens serial killers. We're sure going to we'll do more. that one year. We'll do like a, I don't know, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do like we'll a, do a, a revisiting episode, yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. Maybe we can like have a little summary of each person and we'll rank See what the we top can remember. 10 who was worst. All right then, guys, look forward to that. Uh, next week, um, we are bringing you James's episode. And James, who have we got to look forward to next week? 
we're going light-hearted next week. We're going with the Cadbury, the Cadbury brothers, the Cadbury family. They're gonna they're gonna bring you chocolate. And if you're American and you've never had Cadburys, like get on it because I'm gonna make the statement: it's better than your chocolate. Fight me. Yeah, I don't know why is it. I th- I think I found out like why American chocolate. And I'm sorry to say it's so American, shit. It tastes American chocolate horrible. is awful. I don't know why you guys eat it. Isn't it like I think they add too much sugar and not enough milk? It's just it's like bitter. It's just really bitter. It is. It's a bit like Bourneville, which is also a Cadbury's chocolate. Yeah, but like ours is like creamy and like glass and half delicate. Milk. Yeah, it's just it's just nice. Yeah, I, that, I do like Reese's, which is American. So no, I'm not. But do you know what it is? It's because it's filled with all the other shit except for the chocolate. Yeah, true. I've never just eaten the the chocolate. Hershey's. Although is I did the have worst. Reese's breakfast. Hershey's is the worst shit. chocolate oh, I've Hershey's ever eaten in my vile. life. Hershey's is fucking closer to savoury than it is to sweet. It's disgusting. <laughs> Do you know what? I've seen so many movies. Like, because Hershey's is an old school chocolate. Like, that's an old brand, isn't it? Even like World War Two old. Um, like in 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 like pop culture in films, Hershey's is like the don of all chocolate. And I'm growing up watching, you know, films made in America and all this shit. And they're like Hershey's, Hershey's, and I'm like, oh, I've really got to try this Hershey's, and then. The UK had this like influx of like American sweet shops being fucking put up everywhere, and they were like, "We're selling Hershey bars." And I bought one. I was like, "What the fuck is this? This is awful." Yeah, American sweet shops don't really last long here because ours are better. Yeah, they really don't. The only thing I think actually is kind of cool is fluff. Oh uh, yeah, but then isn't that just cotton candy basically? Well, talking I think marshmallow. marshmallow. I think it's marshmallow. Yeah. How I'm, did we get on? I'm this not a big from- fan. Fritz Harmon. Uh, oh yeah, because we're talking about we're talking about the Cadbury Brothers next <laughs> yeah, week. Uh, we're talking about the Cadbury Brothers, which has some sort of connection to James and his his hometown. And I'm I'm let let let's stop the conversation. I'm sure we'll we'll get into depth on of American chocolates and all that. Oh, next oh week. absolutely. We 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 can do like a top tens of choc next week. That's yeah, actually no, a banging no idea. That's a banging no idea. Doubt. Do you know what I'm going to do? Although it is Isolation Nation, I'm going to make an essential shopping trip to buy a shitload of chocolate, and I shall rate the chocolate for us. <laughs> Wow, that's committed. I'm doing a service for us all. And plus, we've got Easter coming up, so that might give you an idea yeah. as to what, what chocolate you want to go for. Yeah, for sure. Brilliant I think timing. my top 10 is like already established, but I'll ponder it over the next week. Brilliant timing. Uh, all right, then. Look forward to uh, next week. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. As always, uh, I hope you are enjoying the content. We are enjoying making it again. Um, it's so good to be recording podcasting, and I love doing this. And I hope you guys love it as much as we enjoy doing it. Um, make sure you hit us up on all the social media. That's what people do. Podcast on Instagram. You can at that's WPD, and that'll find us on Facebook at that's WPD on Twitter, uh, or it's at TWPD. I'm not sure which one. I really should know this stuff. I'm the one that pretty much does the social media stuff. Uh, or drop us an email at that's what people do podcast at gmail.com uh, if you have any suggestions or anything you want to talk to us about. We're happily hear from you guys. All right. Um, brilliant. Anything else you want to bring up, James? Um, keep well. Yeah, stay well. Stay indoors. Protect the NHS. Save lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if you're America, uh, protect your insurance services services. yeah if don't get ill because you're fucked man yeah we'll talk about that another time alright guys uh, see you next week bye bye tatty bye
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.